Hello NBA fans and welcome back to another episode here on the NBA tweet that was. Today I'll be looking at the three best games of the fourth week of the 2020-2021 NBA season. Without further ado, let's get right into the first game of this episode. On Sunday, the New York Knicks spoilt Celtics point guard Kemba Walker's season debut by obliterating the Celtics by 30 points, 105 to 75. The Knicks moved to 6 and 8 with this win, while the Celtics hit at 8 and 4. Today, I want to key in on the Knicks. To be honest, I didn't expect them to be at 6-8 six, six and eight and beating the Celtics by 30. Granted, the Celtics were without Tatum and it was Kemba's first game back, but it was still an impressive win by the Knicks. The Knicks season has been defined by one man, Julius Randle. New head coach Tom Thibodeau is notorious for overplaying his best players and in the Knicks case, Randle is their best player. Randle is playing 37 minutes a game which is good for 4th most in the league. However, Randle is producing at extremely high levels in those extended minutes. He is averaging 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists per game. There was no expectation for Randle to produce at these levels for an extended period but he has indeed proved that he is a well-rounded talent in this league. Randall can shoot, but his bread and butter on offense is his old school bully ball post game. He gets into great post positions, then uses his brute strength to bulldoze past anyone in his path. Thibodeau has even started using Randall as an offensive initiator at the top of the key, which allows him to get into positions of his choosing, essentially having the offense revolve around him when he's on the floor. Randall will never be a number one option on a playoff team, but he is the perfect guy for the situation that the Knicks are in as a franchise, keeping this team afloat without you know winning too many games so they can get a great draft pick. However, I can't discredit the play of the Knicks young guys. RJ Barrett looks to have taken a step forward this season, however he is still struggling with inefficiency on the offensive end. Kevin Knox is finally looking like the 3 and D wing he had the potential to be, and Emmanuel Quick Quickly is looking like the steal of the draft these past few games, being quite efficient offensively, especially with his 3 ball, while also being an above average floor general for his age. Overall, the Knicks are still in a complete rebuild phase, but they haven't looked nearly as bad as I thought they would be at this point in the season. On Saturday, James Harden suited up for the first time as a Brooklyn Net, and along with co-star Kevin Durant, led the Nets to a win over the Orlando Magic 122-115. As an NBA fan, I was extremely intrigued to watch Kevin Durant and Harden take the floor for the first time since their 2012 finals loss to the Miami Heat as members of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I ended up getting more than I expected, with Harden and KD looking dominant together on the floor. Harden was acting like the scorer and distributor as he was in Houston, putting up 32 points and 14 assists along with 12 rebounds to make it a triple-double. KD continued to show that he is still the same player that he was prior to his horrific Achilles injury, scoring an absurd 42 points, which included 5 three-pointers as well. With Harden and KD on the floor, you have two of the top scorers in NBA history. As I said in my previous video about the Harden trade, I genuinely feel that Harden and KD are 1A and 1B in terms of best scorers in the NBA at the moment. Their plethora of offensive skills was on full display in their matchup against the Magic. It is truly impossible to only have one player guard either of them, so with all the strong and weak side helping, and rotations as well, the Magic were just floundered on the defensive end. Harden and KD were just using their offensive ingenuity to expose the rather solid Magic defense, carving them up, as I said, for 122 points. Offensively, the Nets look simply unstoppable. However, there are still big questions moving forward. Firstly, how will Kyrie Irving integrate into the offense once he comes back from God knows what he's doing? 
it's been proven that two alpha players can coexist successfully as we've seen with the Lakers, but can three? And keep in mind, two to three consecutive games where one of Irving, Durant, or Harding only gets five or six shots? Things will start to get messy with these personalities in the locker room. Also, where's the defense? By letting go of Jarrett Allen, the Nets gave up what paint defense they had. DeAndre Jordan has looked horrendous this year, and their backup center is a second-year player, Nate Claxton, who is a below-average center at best and is out with injury at the moment. Harden is an underrated post defender, but it isn't enough for the Nets. What will they do if they come up against Joel Embiid of the 76ers or even Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks, two of the top five paint players in the NBA? It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but Harden's first game as a Brooklyn Net was definitely entertaining basketball. On Friday, the Lakers yet again proved themselves as the team to beat this season by defeating the New Orleans Pelicans 112-95. The Lakers seem to be playing on cruise control, yet they still sit at an NBA best record of 11-3. I don't know how they did it, but a championship winning team got better over the offseason. This feat is extremely rare in the NBA. With the messy nature of contracts, relationships, trades, championship winning teams often struggle to build on the core that exists. The Lakers, they're just different. They obviously retain their two superstars in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. By the way, LeBron, despite turning 36 a few weeks ago, hasn't lost his step. He is playing the lowest minutes of his career, yet he is still that ever dominant and commanding presence on both offense and defense. It's just mesmerizing to watch him excel in what should be his father time days. Back to the rest of the roster. The Lakers managed to keep key role players as well, including Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Caldwell Pope, Caruso, and Kuzma were all significant contributors to the championship run of the Lakers last season. However, Taylor Horton Tucker, also known as THT, has developed into a solid contributor off the bench, being a go-to guy offensively and holding his own on the defensive end. However, what impresses me the most is the talent that Rob Palinka managed to add to this team in the offseason. First, trading Danny Green in a first round pick to the Thunder for Dennis Schroeder was a masterstroke. Schroeder is the third dominant ball handler for this Lakers team, who is also one of the craftiest scorers in the league. His presence alleviates pressure for LeBron offensively, allowing LeBron to key in on important possessions without putting his body through too much stress. Then Palinka went out and replaced big men JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard with Marc Gasol and Montrez Harrell. Gasol, despite being in the twilight of his career, has been a commanding defensive presence alongside Anthony Davis in the paint, while also contributing with his advanced three-point shooting and passing as a big man. Harrell was another masterstroke. He is an explosive and bouncy power forward who won the Sixth Man of the Year award and plays his heart out on every possession, getting tough buckets down low without fearing any of the trees surrounding him. One last key addition that has played well is Wesley Matthews. His accuracy from beyond the three-point arc has been superb, and he continues to prove his immense value as a wing defender in the league. The fact that the Lakers can finish games with LeBron, Davis, Harrell, Matthews or Caldwell Pope, and Schroeder is just crazy, one of the best lineups in the league. Overall, this Lakers team has yet again proved that the 2021 championship is easily attainable, and I genuinely believe that they will win another ring this season. And with that, we wrap up this episode of the NBA Duit That Was. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and it would be great if you could share this video with those who enjoy the NBA. Remember, now you can tune in on both YouTube and Spotify. I'll catch you guys next time on the NBA Duit That Was. See ya!